We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Weekend Perspective. I'm Kitty Dunn. And today we're going to be talking about the situation in Ukraine. It seems like that is getting pushed to the back burner a little bit, but there's definitely uh, a need there and a situation that the United States needs to pay attention to. My guest is Dr. Douglas Davis, uh, neuroradiologist and emergency radiologist from Madison, who uh, has made several trips to Ukraine. Dr. Davis, thanks for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me today, Kitty. Appreciate it. So uh, you were just in Ukraine with a organization called Med Global. Um, a lot of people would wonder why would you go there, but you have special ties to Ukraine. You're actually from Ukraine. Uh, not not quite. I'm, oh, okay. Uh, as I like to say, I'm uh, Ukrainian by marriage. So, oh, okay. Um, my wife, my wife is a native of Lviv, Ukraine. Um, she came over to the United States um, shortly after the Soviet bloc um, fell apart. And was one of the first exchange students over. We met in medical school. Um, so my first trips going to Ukraine go back, you know, more than 20 years ago when when I first started going to to Ukraine visiting her family and. Uh, my first trip to Kiev was, was I think, 2001, 2002. Uh, but I've been going there for for many, many years. I've I've seen the the evolution of of what's happened to Ukraine um, over the over the past two decades as it's tried to embrace um, democratic and Western reforms, and seen firsthand what the uh, influences of of Russian, particularly the Putin regime. Have been, and particularly the disinformation that's often fed to the Midwest. I mean, to the, to the United States and other Western partners. But um, um, yeah, my uh, my trip there most recently uh, was the, uh, just last month as a part of Med Global. Uh, through my medical background and my wife's medical background and her family's medical background, we've been we've been doing medical aid for Ukraine since the very beginning. Uh, through a couple of organizations, the main one being the Ukrainian Medical Association of North America, and they're closely partnered with MedGlobal and other NGOs. So this was a part of um, um, one of those medical missions. So what kind of things were you doing there? So this trip was very unique um, and different than, than a, a lot of what we've, we've been doing before. Um, the The work that we've done thus far has has been to send um, as as much medical aid as we as we can uh, to Ukraine through um, Umana, Ukraine Medical Association of North America, and partners. We we've sent just from the Midwest about 400 plus tons of medical supplies, equipment, and the like from warehouses that we have in Milwaukee and in in Chicago. Um, we've sent that to warehouses that we have in Ukraine, um, that have, and those have worked with groups like Med Global, uh, in some of the medical mission work, 
that they've done. Uh, I've worked very closely with the head of the trauma team for MedGlobal, Dr. Michael Samatoka, uh, who's been over on probably probably over a dozen um, um, medical surgical missions with MedGlobal to provide training, particularly trauma surgical training, but MedGlobal's done a wide spectrum of, of aid efforts, including helping with stop the bleed, point of care ultrasound, and the like. But this particular mission was um, one that, as sort of you mentioned at the outset, that the the focus on 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 this conflict in Ukraine and maybe um, getting sort of pushed to the side or people are are uh, have not paid as much attention to it of late. We wanted to go as a part of a, a broad delegation of, of people that came from both medical backgrounds, like myself, like Dr. Michael Somatoka, like Dr. Hudson Berry, who's um, who was a head of trauma uh, uh, trauma surgery for the military, Walter Reed in the past, uh, like Dr. Zahir Salul, but also to bring together other people from uh, human rights uh, and uh, um, backgrounds, like uh, Professor Lynn Rubenstein from Johns Hopkins. Uh, Katie Kuczynski, who works with the humanitarian aid group that focuses on on groups on on victims of torture, and then also to bring a diverse delegation of interfaith leaders uh, from Muslim, from um, Jewish, from uh, Christian, and even Orthodox backgrounds in the United States as a part of um, an really what's what's you could call it fact finding, but um, um, also, really advocacy and to bring back really the true story to a, you know from a diverse group of of Americans, um, having met with the very diverse and broad spectrum of, of people across Ukraine, from government, from civil society, from healthcare, academia, and the like, um, to share the story of what's what's really been the story of, of of this conflict in Ukraine and the impact it's had, and really what it means to to all of us in the free world. So it's it's been a di- it was a different mission in that we weren't there just to do a lot of the, the direct medical aid training and such that we've, we've done in the past. My guest is Dr. Douglas Davis, who has recently returned from Ukraine on a very broad ranging mission to learn a lot of things about what's going on in Ukraine and how we can help. Is there anything that you learned that uh, most either surprised you or most resonates with you? You know, um, I would say of, 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 a, of probably the people in, the, in, in our group, I was the one that was the least surprised by what we, we've learned because, I mean, this, is, this has been a very personal issue for our family that goes back, you know, more than, more than a decade as uh, there's been a lot of things going on in Ukraine this this war didn't happen overnight. In fact, I, I've been warning my wife's family for, for probably over a decade that this war was not a matter of if, it was a matter of when. So there wasn't a lot that really surprised me from 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 what I learned necessarily for, uh, um, from the, the, the various leaders across the groups we met with. What was interesting, though, was that everything I've done in the past has come in coming to this you know, from from a clinic, from a physician standpoint, it's trying to provide aid to to save lives. Um, and here we were meeting uh, with a with a, a very wide range um, spectrum of, of of Ukrainian leadership and and society 
um, outside the spectrum of what I would normally have encountered. I mean, we were meeting with faith leaders. We were meeting with academics outside, you know, simply the spectrum of, of health care. And the the interesting thing was that the 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 no matter who we were meeting with, the themes were the same, that Ukraine is a country that's really, you know, um, in an existential fight for, for, for its sovereignty and for its aspirations to, 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 to become a full participant of, you know, what we would call historically the free world, you know, a sovereign uh, constitutional democratic system. And the only thing standing in the way of that really is the resolve of Western partners to support them in those, those, in those aspirations. Um, you know, you, you, you'll hear a lot of things in the news and, and, and various people weighing in this and muddying sort of the, the political waters about this, about, you know, Ukraine corruption and, and, and that, you know, they're, they're really just, you know, as people will sometimes say, just, you know, part of Russia. And it's, it's, it's fundamentally not true. Uh, the, the way it sometimes gets conveyed, um, particularly, I can say this as being someone who, who's, who I'm an American, um, but I've been part of the Ukraine family for going on 25 years. I've seen Ukraine firsthand evolve over, over the past, you know, two and a half decades. And, uh, it, it's a, it's a country that I commonly will make the analogy to, to Poland and what what happened at the end of the Cold War when the Soviet bloc fell apart, the Iron Curtain came down, and you had Poland, which was a country that had very a lot of similarities. This is an oversimplification, but a lot of similarities with a country like Ukraine. And you know, Poland turned immediately west and embraced full Western democratic, constitutional democratic reform, rule of law, and within a decade was was an integrated part of the of, of Europe, um, uh, the the EU, and and eventually part of NATO. <clears throat> Ukraine was in a different position where it never broke the yoke um, from the Soviet era and was was still per- constantly, persistently under the the thumb of 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 Russia and particularly of, of the Putin regime. Um, the first president of of Ukraine, Lee Kuchma. You know, who was known for his assassinations of, uh, of, uh, of, free, you know, freedom seeking journalists like, um, uh, Georgi Gungadze and, and the like. You know, it was really just a continuation of a, of, of the Soviet imperialist empire, uh, under, under a new reform. And, and Ukraine has struggled to break away from that. And they're now finally at a point where in this war, Russia made a miscalculation to think that it could bring Ukraine back to heel. And it's going to fail to do that. And the degree to which Ukraine succeeds, though, will be largely reliant on, on the degree to which Western partners remain unified and our support of that and recognizing this as not just a part of, you know, a, you know, a, way off in another land conflict between, you know, you know, some country in Eastern Europe. No, this is, this is truly a part of, um, a, a, a very significant shift in, in global geopolitics, uh, to where we are seeing the rise 
again, of authoritarian regimes, um, of quite frankly bar- barbaric regimes that are that are akin to what we thought we left on the trash heap of history uh, in the last century. Um, and if we don't recognize this as part of that whole spectrum of conflict, which includes, you know, Iran, which includes Syria, which includes what's going on with, you know, the barbarism of what 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 Hamas has done um, recently. If we don't see it all as a as a connected um, continuum, and that that quite honestly, the Putin and Kremlin regime are are a fundamental part of all of that. And so this conflict in Ukraine, it's it's not distant and detached from us. It's not it's not separate from from anything that United States um, geopolitical strategic interests are long term or NATO or or anything in the West. If we truly believe in the Western uh, system that defines, you know, the good as being uh, the rule of law, constitutional democracies as being the, uh, the best form of government that, that we've come up with as a, as a species uh, thus far in history. If we believe in that, then you have to see all of these things as a connected part of that in this clash of civilization of cultures with groups like Putin, who do not, with groups like the ruling regime in Iran, who do not, like Bashar al-Assad in Syria, who does not. Uh, so that's, uh, if, if I can convey anything <laughs> to, to, to people coming out of things like this, is to not see these as, as disparate and disconnected um, events or, or, or occurrences. There, there's actually um, a core connection to them all, and and um, unfortunately, we get we get overwhelmed and we get bewildered by the dizzying array of you know it's a new conflict here and a new conflict there. But I would argue that that if you actually do the the, the real root cause analysis, you'll you'll find that 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 historians someday will 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 link it all together. And it's just like in the 1930s, preceding you know you know World War Three, uh, the the, the 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 events that happened that we can now look back historically and and say led to World War Three, oh that makes sense, but for the people living in those times it, it was it was not just overnight it happened incrementally and it happened you know disparately but there was a uh, with the benefit of hindsight a, uh, a a a process and when you're living it you don't you don't necessarily see it right. Um, but I think historians will go back and, and they'll, 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 they'll draw the ties. <laughs> and we'll all look back at someday when, when hopefully we've won the day against this new rise of authoritarianism and, and we'll see the connections. And, and I'm, my concern is that we haven't learned the lessons of history uh, well enough to, to allow us to stop this. So, so if there's anything that I, that I can convey from this, it, it's that. <laughs> Dr. Douglas Davis is a, a Madison-based doctor who recently uh, traveled to Ukraine, and you described the, um, the importance of what's going on there as far as uh, the West, Western type of democracy and all that, but like, you know, you said it can be overwhelming. It, what is it that regular people can do to help with this situation? Well, I, I would 
you know, we can all we can all do a better job of paying attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and com- compassion fatigue is real. Um, it it it. I've been for the past 19 months spending. You know, I, I actually took a, a leave from my clinical practice to work on 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 medical aid and humanitarian work for Ukraine, pretty much full time. And it and I have to say it's. It's it's overwhelming and, and bewildering sometimes to to get up every day and and continue this because you know it what I what I what I see and and what I hear from the people that I work with um, is is tragic it's in some time terrific but we can't turn away from that because because it's not in our backyard because someday it will be in our backyard if we do. Um, you're seeing the creep of 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 the, the the geopolitical trends in our world go back to things that that we had, you know, we we we. Uh, there's the author Francis Fukuyama who said at the end of the Cold War that it was the end of history, that you know democracy had won, and <laughs> and the reality is what we're seeing is something more close to what uh, the political scientist Sam Huntington has warned us about, which was the clash of civilizations and a return to a cl- clash between cultures. And the, 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 the big clash we're seeing is the clash between those of us who really believe that constitutional democracy, the rule of law, uh, is, is the best way we've come up with so far to live as a, as a human species versus the the despots and the authoritarians and quite frankly the barber the the barbers uh, like people like Vladimir Putin uh, like Bashar al-Assad. So like is the, the main thing we I, can do? All right, we're paying attention. We know what's going on. Is it to contact our our lawmakers yes. in Congress to make sure that the aid keeps coming through, or what? What is America's job here? America's job is one to to. to we we we've we've lost our sense of self and of of that we're all on the same team. Uh, remember that as as much I'd say to the American public who has become very fractured politically, um, the enemy is not within. The enemy is without. And if we don't start paying attention to that, you're you know everything that you're worried about with the guy that you sit across the table from who you can't agree with politically, that's going to pale in comparison to what comes from the enemy without. So there's that aspect. And then, two, there's the aspect from, yes, political advocacy is, is, is huge. And, and if the only way we are going to maintain support for, for groups like Ukraine uh, and seeing their aspirations to become a true sovereign part, uh, constitutional democracy as part of the rest of Europe is if we remain politically unified in that. And you're already seeing this in this as we are shifting now into the new election cycle, that fracturing and quite frankly, Ukraine being used as a political football for 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 very cynical um, political gains. So politicians listen to politicians listen to their constituencies. And unfortunately, right now, the, the constituencies that are that are listened to are, are, are unfortunately the people that are on the fringes. So the silent, I, I think it's the silent majority is, is far more centrist than, than what the extremes uh, that you see in the news every day. 
really represent. And so I think the silent majority needs to speak up and needs to to make sure that, that the extremes at, at the fringes of our political spectrum are not the one controlling our dialogue and therefore controlling our electoral cycles. So so those are that's the way I would boil it down. <laughs> well, you've definitely given us a lot to think about. Is there a website or somewhere folks can go to, to keep updated on what's going on and to find out how to help? MedGlobal has, has a website which focuses on the, the aid work that we do. Um, Ukrainian Medical Association of North America, Umana, is, is another one. Uh, I'll tell you, from, a, from a, um, a standpoint of the news media, the news media in the United States is doing a, an awful job <laughs> of reporting on the war in Ukraine, with a couple of exceptions. I'd say one of the ones that's out there that's doing the best job of really representing what's going on is Newsweek. Newsweek's doing a fantastic job of reporting um, on what's really going on in the war in Ukraine. Uh, so, um, so yeah, those, those are some of the, uh, the, the sources I would avail people to. Well, uh, Dr. Douglas Davis from Madison, thank you for taking time with us, and uh, we're going to start paying attention more now, hopefully. And thank you for listening for Weekend Perspective. I'm Kitty Dunn. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.